uh, Martha and I, we just kind of counted our blessings and they seem to keep overtaking us. The older I get, over when you're younger, you, you do to scrap and just try to save and try to do this and try to, and we kept giving to the Lord and it seemed like the Lord is just overtaking us with so many blessings. And we are so blessed, church, in this country. We have so much. I've traveled other countries and see what some, I went into some huts where they sweep the floors that are dirt. You don't think you can't get dirt from a dirt floor? I beg pardon, you can. And it's so compact, it feels like a slick floor. And, but we have got so much to be thankful for, church. Thanksgiving. What does it mean to be thankful? What does it mean to say thanks? How many ever told somebody thank you? You appreciate what they've done. At times, I'm humbled by some of the, the things, and I'm so grateful, and I have a heart of gratitude because that's what it really means to give thanks, of having a heart, a heart of gratitude. You are so appreciative of what somebody has done. You express it out of thanks. There's times that people have done something for me, and sometimes I'm a part like anybody else. I want to do it myself. But when somebody goes above and beyond something out of your capabilities that you can't do yourself, you are so appreciative of it. And you wanted to acknowledge that. You want to say thank you. No matter how you do it, we just received a card from Brother Maisel and Sister Carol of thanks for this ministry. How that we blessed, and he wrote in there and saying that how many other ministers and pastors and churches that we are blessing. We're a small congregation, but we get to bless others around the country and others around the world. I thank God for that. Thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks, of having a grateful acknowledgement of what we've received and what we have. As we sit down and we took some of the things that we did and a few years ago I kind of instilled into our family get-together when we get together and we sit down and Andy reminded it uh, this past Thursday when we sit here, he says, all right, let's don't forget what after we ate. He says, let's talk about what we're thankful for. So we go around the table and each one gives something that they're thankful for. Uh, it could be one thing, it could be many things, but we take time to acknowledge, uh, especially to God. In America, we are so blessed, church. Yeah, and sometimes we take it for granted. Uh, we've got so much to, that we, it's overflowing in abundance, overflowing with the, so many things. And, and sometimes we take it for granted. But I, I'm thankful having uh, what God has given to us. And I want to have an attitude of gratitude. How about you? I mean, this time and season, we stop, we look, and, and, and some people, they, they get the misconception, says it's Turkey Day. No, it's Thanksgiving Day. You may like turkey, you may not like turkey. You may like something else, and a lot of people fix a lot of things. Food is not the thing. It's the one that gives us the food. It's the one that gives us the things. A roof over our head, a, 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 a room that we can sleep in and lay our heads on our bed and clothes we have on our back. And we can get up and have so much we can run to the store and get what we need where we don't have to worry about going to a market and hopefully it'll last for a day or so. Because I've been to those countries where they have to go daily to a market just to get what they need. And sometimes they have to do it in a horse and buggy. I've been to those places. And you're thinking, well, we don't have to do that. How many come in with a car? Or you can rode in a car. It's warm. It's nice. 
you, out of the weather, out of the elements. And so we get, must give thanks. One of the things that I noticed from Scripture, even Jesus gave us an example of giving thanks because when he stood outside the tomb of, of Lazarus, he looked to the Heavenly Father. He looked to God. He, he says, I thank you, you hear me all the time. I thank you, Heavenly Father. And sometimes we need to realize that God has an ear to hear his people to hear what his children want. And I'm thankful that I, I have God's ear. I have what God can say. I'm listening, child. I know, and I can go to him anytime. Thank God for the grace that he's given. Thank God for the mercy he's given. Jesus had done that, and he thanked the Father that he heard him before he raised Lazarus. Then all of a sudden, he spoke to Lazarus, and Lazarus come forth because the Father heard, and Father responded, and the Holy Spirit. Go to Psalms chapter 100, if you would, please. Psalms 100. In Sunday school, I thought Nathan was going to take my message. He started out with the Sunday school lesson with Psalms 100. And I says, Father, you're speaking to both of us. <laughs> and he read through it. But this is a time when, and this psalm is a psalm of thanksgiving. I wanted to pull it out for a, a few moments before we get ready to give that offering of thanks. Before we uh, reach out and we, we give thanks uh, uh, with a grateful heart. But verse 1, is only five verses here we want to go to. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lambs. You can stand. Thank you for a couple of you that are standing. For the honoring of God's word. Not me and anybody else, but we honor what God's given us. Let me start it over again. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before the, His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving. I hope you come into church this morning, enter into the doors as a representation of Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. We sung about that this morning. When Hannah was singing at uh, peoples and all every nation under the earth, rejoice for what God's done. I look around and see what God's done, and he's blessed us so much. Before you get seated, if you want to, just kind of lay your Bibles down, because I want to do something, and put to practice what this scripture says. It says, make a joyful shout. That word make means to create. When you make something, you create it. Now, it says shout. How many has ever heard raise the roof? <laughs> How many has ever done that before in a ball game or someplace else? We want to raise the roof in this house. How many is ready to praise the Lord in the house? Uh, I don't care if you want to whistle, if you want to clap, if you want to just shout, but make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Be grateful for what he's done. That's an expression. That's what God desires. So before you get seated, I want you to create something in your voice, in your action of a gratefulness to the Lord.
Lord. For me, I want to say God is great. You say, what do you want to? Praise the Lord. Come on, give him praise, church. Create. Let it be an expression to the almighty God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Raise the roof, church. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy, 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 worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. In Revelation, we see that they are making a noise in heaven of worshiping the Lamb of God. That was worthy, worthy. And I don't believe they raised a small, just be quiet in the house of the Lord. I believe when they entered into that place and seen heaven, I don't think it was quiet for a little bit. I believe they were worshiping. The Bible says the elders were throwing down the crowns that they had received. We're bowing before the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a time we should be thankful for. Offering of thanks, making a joyful noise. Now, I hope it was joy for you. Some of you are not used to making, you're more reserved, quiet. But there are times just kind of get crazy. Let's just be honest. Let's get a little bit crazy with things, with the things of God. You may be seated. It says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Servitude. How many knows that we have been given gifts and abilities and, and we've been given these things that uh, we call our, something we attribute that we can offer to maybe our companies and, and maybe to some other groups or whatever. But it says, serve the Lord. If you do it to the Lord, if you do what you do to the Lord, God is going to get the glory. But it says then, do it with gladness. How many gets grumbling sometimes at your job? I heard a few amen. Some of you, I'll ask you later. Because <laughs> sometimes you walk into work, oh, here we are, go again. Here's the doldrums. Here's the drudgery. But you know what? If you get up in the mornings and thank God that he's given you ability. Yes. Give you the ability to use your hands, your thoughts, and your words. Do whatever needs to be done. Not because I tell them I don't work for the company I work for. I work for the Lord. So I'm going to always work as if he's standing right next to me or sitting right next to me. I want to give him the best I possibly can. I don't always like the way sometimes the decisions go on, but I still work as unto the Lord. I am grateful. I am grateful for what God's given me, and I do it with gladness. Because sometimes when I get phone calls in, my boss comes around and he says, what have you been drinking? <laughs> what have you been on, son? And I looked at him and I says, the joy of the Lord. He walks away. Okay. <laughs> but it says, come before his presence with singing. Didn't we just sing about the Lord? We made a grateful noise unto the Lord, a joyful one. And now we've come before him and we serve him. When you serve him, you give him what you have, the abilities you have. But it says, now sing unto the Lord. Then it goes on in verse Three, know the Lord, he is good. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If we notice that this word know means to be acquainted with an awareness. It's not knowledge where you just read something. 
There's a lot of people that gets knowledge that they read books, they read this or read that, and they get education. But this word means to know, be acquainted with. See, I'm acquainted with my wife. I'm acquainted with my family. I'm acquainted with you. I get to know you. I'm around you, but I'm acquainted with God himself. I have the privilege of being in intimacy with my Lord, having a closeness with God, not just the knowledge of reading him from the book that we have, we call the Bible. One thing that the other, last night I was sitting around the house and I was in my study room and my granddaughter was with us, we were watching her and she was coming in and she was looking at everything in my office. She was just like, she's so observant. She's looking around. So I have my Bible sitting there and she comes over, climbs in my lap. So I close my Bible and she goes, book. She's starting to learn a lot of words. I says, that's Papo's Bible. Then she goes, Bible. And pretty soon she looked at me and she says, Bible. She gets down from my lap, Bible, Bible. She was going all over the house, Bible. So Martha says, what did you learn? Bible. So Martha gave her a little book and it said, and she says, Bible. She carried that book. Now, see, that's getting to know. So here's a book that talks about God. But what this writer is saying, it's more than just picking up a book. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for what God's given us. But I know I'm acquainted with God. I know his presence. When I go out and I'm amongst his elements outside and I look up to the sun, I see the handiwork that he's done. I look at night and the other day I was looking out, uh, no, the other evening I should say, I was coming out and I looked up and there's the moon so bright and pretty. I thought, man, I could reach out and even almost take it. I look at his handiwork. But that's his handiwork. But I know the one that created it. I'm acquainted with one that allows me to look at those things. That gets me up in the morning, gives me my breath. Take a deep breath, if you would, please, all over the building. See, God gives you that. Last week, I done a message called Remember. Remember what God's done for you. Remember what he's given to you. We've been so blessed. We've been given so much. If we just take a little bit of time and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I can search through all eternity and find no one like God. See, I'm acquainted with him. I know him. The Lord, he is God. We serve the true God. There's a lot of people searching for the true God. They're searching. That is, but thank God we have the time to do this. It goes on in verse 4. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates as you come into the place where he's at. Gates are an area of entry. Gates is a place that either keeps you out or it can let you stay in. It can protect you or not. But when you enter into the gates, when you enter into the doorway where God's at, enter in with thanksgiving. God, you have done so much for me. God, you've given me so much today. You've given me so much yesterday. You've given me so much of what, it, and I know that you've gone to prepare a place for me. I enter in with thanksgiving because you died for me. I remember what I've read, but I know that you love me, not out of sympathy, but say, I want to be with you. 
John 3.16 is not a sympathy uh, scripture. It's saying I make provision for you to come close to me because I want to be close to you. God is looking for us to be close to him. He desires to be close to us. Enters his gates and be thankful. Bless, the Bible says, his holy name. Another scripture says that I must bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's holy. He's separate. That's the reason why the angels in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah seen into the glories, that he heard the angels saying, holy, holy, holy. But they were saying it one to another because the only thing you can describe God, because we can't put him into a, a painting. We can't put him into some uh, a carving. We can't make him into something that of humans because that's humanism. But God is far greater than that. And the way they could describe God, he's holy. He's separate. Someone that is not like God and someone that is not like you, Father, because there's only one God. And we look to that, and that's what the angels are saying. Holy, holy, holy. See, we get to come in because we've been made into his image. And in his image, we are made to worship him. In his image, we are made to give him thanks. In his image, we are made to sing praises to the Lord. You may not carry a, a tune in a bucket, but sing to the Lord, and God will accept it. When I first started singing, I could sing through my nose real good. Wasn't the greatest, but I could sing through my nose. I had to learn to quit singing through my nose, but God accepted my singing. And I thank God. And there's been many times that God has blessed me. It says in verse 5, he says, for the Lord is good. Touch your neighbor says, God is good. We serve an awesome God. In this time of thanks. But we need to look at the goodness of God. Far too many people look at what they don't have instead of what God has given them. You've got, been given so much, not just abilities to do things, but God's blessed us so much in America. Just look around, church. God has allowed us to be able to come and worship. There's a lot of places that can't do that. You know, in some countries right now, they're going underground again. They were open for a while, but they're starting to be closed. They have to go into, sometimes go into fields. They can't worship like we do here. They're being persecuted. But in America right now, the door is still open that we can worship freely. I'm like Brother Dwayne uh, says, I can come and worship God freely. That's the reason why I can make a joyful noise and nobody's going to shut me down. I can come in and, and raise the roof if I want to, and nobody's going to say, shh, be quiet. In other words, I don't have to worry about the cops saying it says a noise ordinance. <laughs> and I don't think heaven's going to say, oh, be quiet. I think they want you to worship God. I think the angels are just waiting for you to worship God and be thankful what he's given to us. He is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. The Bible says and the te Bible teaches us that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Amen. Aren't you glad for God's word? The Bible says, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. As you come and get acquainted with God's word, you find a freedom in him to do some things you never thought you could do. And I thank God that I can live a life that's pleasing to him, a godly life, not just a good one. There's a lot of people doing good things, but they're not godly. And I thank God he's allowed me to come to a place where I can live a godly life. 
that I can be. Go to Psalms 95. This psalm is a call to worship and obedience. But it comes into a place as we look to the scripture in verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us again shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. And the scripture says, don't just, as we read that on Thanksgiving, but come into his presence. Come into his, where he's at. What is his presence? When I come into my wife's presence, I'm right one with her. I can see her. I can sense her. I can feel her. When you come into God's presence and you come and you know that and you enter into the, where he's at, he wants that joyful praise. He wants to come, you to come in with thanksgiving. Look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. He's touched my mind. And some people think, yep, yep, he's touched your mind, all right. But I'm in my right mind because I know what I'm at and I know what's going on. I know where I'm going. So I made my mind up that I am in my right mind because of what he's done. He's healed my body. He saved me just in time. Aren't you glad that he's done what he's done for you? Aren't you glad that he's given you a promise? And those promises are not something that he just makes and breaks. No, those promises are a surety. Thank God he's gone to prepare a place for me. I'm not discouraged. I'm not downhearted because when I leave this earth, I'm in the presence of the Almighty God for eternity. And right now, I'm just practicing it. I'm just getting ready for what's getting ready to happen. Yes, my granddaughter said, yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that, what God's given us. Sing, oh come. It's a call for us to do that, to sing to the Lord, to shout to the Lord, to lift his name up. How many's ever uh, gone and done some games, you've done some stuff, and you won? What do you say? Yep, okay, I won. No, you get excited. You, you get uh, exuberance. You want to tell people about it. Trust me, my son-in-law, he likes to play his games, and he'll get on with other people, and he'll come up to me, he says, I won. He wasn't silent about it. He let me know. He says, I won. He likes to brag about it. Sometimes I think we need to brag on the Lord just a little bit. We need to brag on what he's done. It's a call uh, uh, that's not only of worship, but becoming obedient to what he says. And we sing and we shout it. Whether anybody else wants to know what's going on, there's times when I was a young man, I'd be driving down the road, and all of a sudden I felt the presence of the Lord come in my vehicle, and I could start singing a song, start doing something, and people were driving by, or I'd stop at a stoplight, and they'd say, what's going on with that man? What's happening with him? But with me and the Lord, and I'm doing something that I know he likes. It says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. His presence, when you come into his presence, uh, as we come into where he's at, uh, and not seek for things, not just ask for things. Too many times people come to God and want to seek for things. Uh, God has come in my presence with thanksgiving. Come because I want you there. I love you. Aren't you glad for his love? Yeah. I am thankful for his love. I want to go to a story that has been told many times around this time, but it's in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. 
If you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 11. I want to thank God for Brother Nathan back there. Sometimes I give scriptures out and he's on the fly. He's going, oh, got to find it. And he gets so he can put it up there. He does a wonderful job. He keeps going there. And I know Sister Denise does the same thing. Sometimes we'll sing different songs and she's back there just trying to boom. And all of a sudden there it is. It's on there. So I thank God for that. Verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices. Notice how it describes they lifted up their voices. I don't think they were silent. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. Notice how it brought about because when God does something for you, you want to proclaim it. You want to declare it. And he come to him and he said with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? Thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus, so Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. As we look to this uh, uh, outpouring of thanks, uh, outpouring of what God done for this man and outpouring for the 10, the Bible said there was only one that came back. Only one. You may be the single one in your church. You may be the single one in your company. You may be the single one in your family that gives God thanks. You give God thanks. Let them notice who you are, that you are giving thanks. I liked the way it described because when he recognized what God had done, he looked down because uh, leprosy was a death sentence. They had no cure. They didn't have the medical establishment uh, trying to come along. They didn't have pharmaceutical companies trying to find a cure for this disease. And it was a death sentence. As a matter of fact, they were quarantined. They couldn't even get around except other lepers. That's all they could get around. And they had leper colonies all around. And these 10 men got together. And they must have heard what Jesus had, was could do and what he was doing. And when they got to him, they got close enough. They shouted. They uh, lifted up their voices uh, in such a way, says, oh, master, Jesus, have mercy on us. And notice uh, Jesus said, nope, I don't have nothing to do with you. 
I liked the way Jesus looked at them. He says, because you come to me and because you're asking me, I'm not going to turn you away. See, that tells me that God doesn't, will not turn anybody away. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants the best for you. He doesn't want anything happen to you. He wants you to turn your life and turn to him. And he's the answer. He's the one that brings healing. He's the one that brings deliverance. And all of a sudden he says, go, present yourself. And as they went in obedience, see, this is faith walk. And sometimes when you're walking by faith and you're obeying, you may not always see the results. But as they were walking, all of a sudden this man looked down. My death sentence has been passed away. And all of a sudden I no longer have to worry about dying. He turned and went to the one that done the work to him. He turned and looked to Jesus. And what he got there, he said he lifted up his voice and glorified God. See, we had a death sentence on his church. We were not even a promise of tomorrow we didn't have a promise but now Jesus because of Jesus we can have a promise of tomorrow because of heaven because of what heaven sent and that's through Jesus Christ out of the love of God that sacrificed Jesus he took the sacrifice that I don't have to die how how much we should be coming to the Lord with thanksgiving this man come and he started lifting up his voice and I don't believe he cared what anybody was hearing. I don't believe he cared what anybody was thinking. He, he started glorifying Jesus. He started lifting up God. He started being so thankful for what God has done. Church, we need to be a little more thankful for what God's done. We need to say, God, I, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I, I'm like the writer of Amazing Grace uh, that was a, a vile sinner that was uh, so mean and so cruel. And I'm sure there was death behind his name that he caused. But all of a sudden, God found him. And all of a sudden, God, God turned his life around. And now Amazing Grace, and he described it, it was Amazing Grace that God reached down and saved me. He became a preacher. He became an evangelist and he went around talking about the goodness of God. Let me say this, God has been good to his church. He's given us chance after chance. He's not forsaken us. He's given us even in America right now, he's giving Americans a chance. With all the confusion, with all the bickering, with all the misunderstandings, God's given us a chance. God is saying, I want you to come home. I want you to come near me. He came with thanks. I call this more than just thanksgiving. It was thankworthy. Now, pastor, what do you mean by thankworthy? Because when you take something of value and you put a worth to it. See, a lot of people puts a lot of value to a lot of things. A lot of people's holding on to things that they think take a value. And other people says it don't hold nothing for me. In other words, what you think is a treasure is not a treasure to somebody else. But I'm telling you, eternal life is something to thank God for. This man had a death sentence, and now his sentence has been pardoned. And now he looked at his hands, he looked at his body, and where it used to have the remnants of this leprosy. And now he no longer had it. And he come not just with thanksgiving, but he came with thankworthiness. 
This is worthy. You are worthy of my praise. I value you, Savior. I value you, Lord. I value you. And he gives thank worthy. If you don't think I'm talking about, you get into the dictionary and find out what it really means. It's putting value. Something that is uh, there that has some esteem to some one or to something. When you esteem something of value, you bring it up to a high place. And all of a sudden now we see that his value, that it held weight to this man, that he had to come back. And when he delivered his thank worthiness, he thanked God and he went into a worship mode and he went in and he started worshiping the Lord. He started giving God the glory. He started giving the praise to the Lord. And notice what the Lord Jesus said. He says, weren't there 10 of you? And now there is, where's the nine at? Uh, you came back, but he spoke back to him. And he says, uh, they may have got their cleansing, but you've been made well. And there's a total difference because mentally, when you've been in that isolationism, when you had a disease that separates you and all of a sudden you have scars so deep down in your emotions, so deep in your mind that you really still remember. And notice what Jesus says, you are well. And I truly believe his emotions calmed down. I truly believe he had a joy not like the others. They may have been cleansed. They may have had their death sentence on this flesh gone, but something happened deep within him. Thank God that he had a change of heart. Thank God he esteemed Jesus. And when he did, Jesus went even further. He says, you are whole, in other words, fully whole. Thank you, Father. We're coming to a point that I want us to get ready to give an offering of thanks. Because so many of us are looking around and we have so much when so many have so little. We have so much food. We've been eating on it uh, day after day after day. And maybe some of you are just like us and we've been so much. I looked around and my heart was overwhelmed with the goodness of God. This year, I told the Lord, I says, you have blessed us so much over the years. You've given us, I've, I've been through those times when it seems hard, but I'm looking around and I see God's hand in everything that's going on. And I said, God, thank you. And some of you may not be able to see it, but I'm here to tell you, God's looking out for you. And maybe you've been going through some tough times. Maybe you've been hit with one thing or another. And he says, Pastor, I just don't have that Thanksgiving enough. I'm telling you, you're here. You're breathing. uh, You're sucking in air. (sighs) You're still living. God loves you. God's allowed you to be here. And can I tell you, your future is bright. Your future is bright. Don't be surprised if you don't bring sunglasses sometimes because it's so bright. Because the sun of God is shining on you right now. And God's taking care of some things. This is what happened to this man. When he left Jesus, I'm sure he had a spring in his step. I'm sure he could go back to his family now. I don't know if he was a husband. I don't know if he had children. I don't know if that whatever the case may have been, but I'm sure what he entered in the house, they're saying, what are you doing here? And he said, look what the Lord has done. 
<laughs> you can enter and say, look what the Lord has done. He's kept me. And he's got some great things for me. He's doing some great things in my life. See, that's what offering of thanks does. God, I thank you for what you've not only done in the past, but what you're doing now, but what you're getting ready to do. See, I remember those things, what I've been through. But I've been through them, and thank God I went through them. Thank God I'm not going back to them. But I'm here now. I'm taking in air. I'm living. I've got friends. I've got those I'm looking around, and you're so precious. You may have been hurt, but you let the hurts go and let God. Let me hear amen. amen. Some of you have been hurt with your, your past. You need to let your past go and let God take care of the past. You need to move to it now and enjoy what you have right now. Or you'll be miserable the rest of your life. You can't move it. And that's what God was saying to this man. He says, Those other men may have their cleansing, but they had to face some hard times. He says, you're well deep inside your emotions. Thank God for that. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, over the building. It's time that we give that offering to the Lord.